0: The series is entitled, Better, Better. Um, let me ask you this question, just you know, kind of an important question, um, because I, I love my life and I have no complaints. Uh, I, I think that, man, I have a, an incredible wife, an incredible kids, two great churches, uh, lots of friends, lots of fun. Uh, my life is blessed, but there are areas in my life that are just not quite where I want them. And I believe that God has called me to better. And I believe he's called you to better. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. And you can turn there if you would. John 10 and 10. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Interesting here. There is a thief. You might call him the devil. You might call him your husband's name please don't, but there is a thief at loose in the world today, and his whole plan for you, his whole desire, his whole hope for you is to steal your life, is to kill parts of your life, and to destroy your life, but here's what Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He said, said, there's people out there, there's a devil out there, there's enemies out there that are trying to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you. But I came so that they, who's the they? You. The same people that are trying to be destroyed on one hand, God is at work, and, and here's what Jesus says. He said, I came that you might have life and that you would barely make it. No. Jesus doesn't want you to barely make it. He doesn't want you to be like, survive life, like, like, you know, you're laying in your hospital dead, it's the end of your, dying, it's the end of your life, and you're hanging on and you're gasping for breath, and they say, do you have any last words? And you're like, I barely made it, but I made it. Like, that's not what God wants for you. He doesn't want you just to make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth. But while you are here, he said, I want you to have life and have it more abundantly, Here's what he he said in in the Message Bible version. I, I love it like this. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life. Watch this. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. I don't know where you are in your life today, I don't know, maybe it's great, maybe it's terrible, or maybe you're like most of the world where there are places in your life that are doing really good, and it feels like God is helping you, and you've got it going the right direction there, but in other areas you're struggling, because that can be happening all at the same time, it it can be the best of times and the worst of times all at the same time, are you with me? And and yet God is saying through his son, Jesus, to all of us today, I came so that you can have a better life than you ever dreamed of. So what we have to ask of ourselves is a very important question. Is there better out there for me? Is there a better life possible for me? And if there is, how do I reach it? You know, Pastor, I, I, I want better things, and I want to believe that there are better things out there, but how do I get from where I am to better? Well, there has to be a process. If Jesus if Jesus said, I came so that you could have a better life than you ever dreamed possible, there has to be a way to get from where we are to there. So that's our challenge today, and that's our challenge in this series. Our title for today's sermon is simply, A Better Life. God wants you to have a better life. Maybe it's selfish of me to want a better life. But Jesus promised it. And he came to the earth and he died so that I could have a better life. So he, he, didn't, he didn't die and say, you know, come to the earth and go through everything you went through. Go to the cross, bloody and gruesome and the pain and, and leave heaven to come down and, and us say, well, I, you know, that better life must be for someone else because I, I don't want to be selfish. You know there's a time in your life when being selfish is okay. And when Jesus makes a promise in his scripture for you, it is okay to be selfish about it and say, I want to receive that promise. That's why he came. He didn't come so you could reject it and push it away. He came so that you could receive it and have your life changed and you could have a better life than you ever dreamed of. But you know, um, reaching better... It has an enemy, better has an enemy, and that enemy is named, is called normal. There's an enemy called normal in our lives. Normal is a roadblock to better, it's a roadblock. It it, it keeps us from getting to where we wanna go, the normal, the the status quo, the way we've always done it. It functions as something in our lives. Have you ever, I don't know if you remember, we have some inflatables out there today and we didn't get this game, but it would have been a great one. Have you ever seen what, uh, the inf- big inflatable game and it's, and it's two alleys? And you go in there and you strap a harness with a bungee cord to the back and they give you like a Velcro bean bag and you run as fast as you can and as far as you can down this little alley and you try to Velcro the thing and see how far you can get before that bungee cord yanks you back. Has anybody ever seen those? So much fun. Two leave. <clears throat> Before, because it's going to take it, But man, you get running down that alley, and you're in, you know, I'm a very competitive person, so I want to beat the person next to me, and you're looking at them, and you're like, I got you. And they're like, No, you don't, I got you. <laughs> I'm like, you, you don't even know. I'm just crazy enough to keep on going. And so so you, you take off running and you get going and that that bungee cord starts getting tight, but you and you lean into it a little bit more, right? And and the whole point is you gotta drive with your legs, and you can't drive with your legs if you're straight up. So you gotta lean into it. y'all don't Know you got to think this stuff through, right? If you want to be, if you want to win, you got to know what you're doing. So you got to get into your legs and you you drive and you push. And at the very last second, when you can't take it anymore, you reach out and you put it and you look to the left and you scream with excitement because you beat the other guy by two feet. You're the champion of the world. (laughs) Normal is that bungee cord. Normal is that thing in life when you're running as fast and as far as you can, and you're trying to do all that you can. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's in your starting your own business. Maybe it's as a parent or as a husband or as a wife or whatever it might be. You're trying to get debt free, and you, and you go as far as you can, and you reach out there, and you put it there. But then that normal, that the, uh, the way you've always done it, yanks you backwards again want to get there but I got this bungee cord attached to me. Normal is the enemy of better. Why is normal the enemy of better? Well, three things about normal that we have to understand. Number one, normal is comfortable. Normal is comfortable. If you can imagine these two chairs when you're tired at the end of the day or maybe this evening when you want to sit down and watch the Cowboys beat the Saints in Jesus' name. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hmm. Drew Breeze, I love you. You seem to be a good Christian man, but I don't need you to play tonight. I just, uh, just stay at the hotel. <laughs> anyway, You know, you don't, you don't go home and, and want to sit in this wooden chair that's straight up. This is not comfortable when you're trying to enjoy a football game, right? This is not fun. This is not how you want to sit all the time. You don't I mean there's no cushioning, cushion and 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 it's straight up and man, I, like this is okay when I'm going to sit down for just a minute, but when I want to sit there for a while, I don't want to sit in this chair. It's very uncomfortable. But now this is heaven. Boy, you you sit down and you turn the game on. Last night I was sitting in this chair and I was watching the Aggies. It was fantastic. I'm sorry for all you Longhorn fans. Um, uh, Man, this chair is nice. This chair is comfortable. And then, you know, the problem with this chair is there's this little leg thing down here. And when you hit that, it's like, oh. You know what I'm talking about? And you're just sitting there and then, then the head goes back and the game is going on. And you really want to watch it, but the head goes back. You wanna take a really good nap on Sunday afternoon? Get in a chair like this? Turn golf on. (laughs) I love golf, but when when I turn golf on, my whole house goes to sleep. And here's the next problem. You sit here long enough, and it starts to get a little, this is nice, but could it get any more comfortable? And the next thing is that, (sighs) about 4.30 today, this will be me. (laughs) The problem with this is, if you're like me on Sunday afternoons, and uh, man, you, you work hard, and you come home, and you sit here, and you turn on the golf, and next thing you know, you look up and it's three hours later, there's a big pile of drool on your shirt, there are, little, there are little white pieces of paper all over you from when your eight-year-old son was trying to throw spit wads in your mouth, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, y'all don't have an eight-year-old son, clearly. The problem with comfortable, the problem with normal is you get so comfortable in that place, doing it the way you've always done it, that you look up and a year has gone by, two years, five years, a decade, you spent your life and it was comfortable and it was okay, but it was not better because comfortable can lull you to sleep. Normal is the enemy of better you want better in your life, it's going to force you to get a little bit uncomfortable. Well, I'll tell you what, normal is also easy. Not only is it comfortable, but it's easy. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of ways, a couple of dumbbells here that I could use to, to work out. Uh, one is my wife's, that she uses when she's doing like, I don't know, whatever that those. Female exercise shows that you do, that you buy the DVD. We got like seventy of them, and um, <laughs> I can't even stay in the room. But I'll, I'll sin with the, with all the women on there, so I have to like leave. Like I can't even watch this. And so <laughs> put some clothes on. Y'all know you know what I'm talking about. Whatever y'all know what I'm talking about. Just act like you're saved or something. <laughs> And, and so here's the thing, man. I can grab this little weight right here, and I can go to town in, on this weight. And I can do this for a long time. And, and, but this, this is doing nothing for me. I can do this until my arm literally falls off, and I am totally worn out. But I won't have gained any muscle. I'll have tennis elbow, but I won't have done anything because it's so easy, It's not straining me, it's not stretching me, it's not causing growth in my life. But if I reach down and I grab this one, you know, and, and and I do my form correctly, now I can get some, I got I can't use my thumb because I got to work my, my forearm muscle at the same time. See how that works? Y'all, y'all got to know things like that. And so, you, you, so if I can get this heavier weight, it's not easy, but it's not supposed to be easy because while I'm doing this, already my, my arm is starting to burn. I'm starting to feel my muscles begin to work and stretch and and go beyond what they are supposedly capable of. But you know what? One day this too will be normal. Here's the problem. Normal is so easy in our life that we can do normal to the point of exhaustion but get nowhere. We can be working. We, We can go home exhausted every night. Fall into the bed exhausted, but haven't have grown one bit. Normal. It's just easy. It's easy. And I'm going to tell you the third thing about normal, why it's such an enemy of better, is because it is addicting. It's addicting. I'm out at the softball fields with my kids or my daughter baseball field with my son or, or playing softball myself. Man, I get really thirsty, especially in the summer, you know, it's it's hot. And it's brutal. Man, I come in and i got two choices. I can have Dr. Pepper or I can have water. Now, I know that water is what I need. I know that water is better for me. I know that water is what my, um, my body is actually craving. I need the water. Whew. But the Dr. Pepper. <sighs> Just tastes better. It's good. You know the thing about it is when you're really thirsty and you start drinking a Dr Pepper, mm, oh, that's heaven right there. So, uh, the problem with it is you get to drinking the Dr Pepper, and you keep drinking more and more and more and more, and you and you, your stomach gets you know like you know that bloated feel that I'm talking about when i was uh 14 uh, i went on a mission trip and one of the contests we had with the, between the guys was to see who could drink 1 liter of coke the fastest don't try this at home because you know you get that but but you just keep drinking right because we think it's satisfying us but really it's not and we keep drinking because we're not satisfied but we're telling ourselves it's so good that I'm being satisfied but the real need in our in our body is not being satisfied so we get addicted to the coke you know when you keep drinking cokes they get addicting and you don't want anything else there's there's this water available to you in your life and it's what you really need it would truly satisfy but it seems at first flavorless, and all we want is the Dr. Pepper. We want that sugar. We want that caffeine. And we get addicted to normal. But normal does not satisfy the real need in our lives. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with normal. We get so comfortable because it's so easy, and it tastes so good. It's, it's, just, it's just like it's always been that we look up, and our life is gone. And we're still drinking Dr. Peppers. They're slowing us down, getting us nowhere. When if we could just stop and grab the water, we could get right to the, to the real need in our life and we could satisfy it. Normal is the enemy of better. I don't know where you are in your life, but, but we all have normals. We all have normals. I don't don't know what normal looks like for you. Maybe it's that you're always slightly late. Don't be looking around. (laughs) Maybe normal for you is that you're always blaming someone else. It's never you. It's them. I didn't do it. They did it. They made me do it. Maybe maybe normal for you is, is having that extra piece of cake when you shouldn't have had the first one. Maybe normal for you is is putting it on the credit card when you didn't have the cash for it. Maybe normal for you is not spending quality time with with the relationships that matter most in your life. Normal for you can get us stuck. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's addicting. But you know what? God has better. Jesus has better. Let's flip over now to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read three verses here and just kind of skip through this passage. You can go back and study it on your own time. Uh, But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the spirit, Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Now, let me give you a, a, a look and to a picture of what Paul is talking about. Here's what he says. He said, under Moses, there was an old way, an old covenant, an, an, an old way of going about life, and it was glorious. When, when God gave the law to Moses, uh, and, and Moses came down from the mountain. The Bible tells us, and this is what Paul's referring to here, that it was so glorious that, that is, <coughs> excuse me, his face was shining. That the light of his face was just so bright that the children of Israel couldn't look at him. So they had to put a veil over his face just so they could hear what Moses had to say. And here's what Paul's saying: the old covenant, that covenant that Moses received up on the mountain, it is glorious. It was incredible. It was everything. It it worked so well for a while, but there is a new way, a new covenant, or he calls it a new ministry, a ministry of righteousness, and he said this way is even more glorious. So here's what Paul recognized. In times in our life, there are glories, there are ways that worked really well to get us to where we are. But that same way won't get you to where you're supposed to be. It doesn't mean that the old way wasn't glorious. That's what he's saying. It was glorious. But you can't stay in the old glory because if you stay too long there, the old glory turns to normal and stops working in your life. Let's go down to verse 18. Here's what he says. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Watch this. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So here's what he says. There are the, in your life, this is the way it works. You move from one glory to a new glory. And then at some point along the way, that glory gets old and stale, and God wants to bring you to another new glory. It's why God's so wonderful in His ways and thinking put January 1 on the calendar. Because it might have worked for 2014, but it wouldn't work for 2015, and you needed a fresh start. So God said, I'm going to give you a new beginning. Glory to glory. This is the way God works. He moves us from glory to glory. And in getting, reaching that better life that Jesus promised forces us to stretch out and grab a hold of a new glory. What, what is normal today might have been glory yesterday. It might have been. What was glorious yesterday might not be working today. If you stay there too long. You see, there might have been a day in your life when this small weight was all you could lift, you, it's all you could lift. And you were barely getting it up. And you were barely being able to lift the weight. And you were barely being able to, to make your life work. But now, because we didn't continue to move from glory to glory, we didn't continue to move on to the next thing, what was once glory has now become easy, has now become normal. God's plan, move you from glory to glory. It's a dangerous statement when we say to God or to the people around us, you know what? God may have better for me, but it's not so bad here. It's not so bad here. I'm all right. I'm doing fine. This is good, but God wants more for you. About four or five years ago, one of my pastors and and my mentors, uh, Pastor Brett Jones, I was at a conference and um, he talked about this, this illustration that stuck with me, and I want to share it with you because I've, it's never left me. This is about five years ago, and it just, it just made an imprint on my mind. And every time I read this scripture from moving from glory to glory, I'm reminded of this illustration. It just ma- it made so much sense to me. Maybe it will help you. He talked about um, the trapeze artist that you might see at a circus. You know, they have multiple swings going on and they and they get on the one swing and they start swinging back and forth and then at some point they, they let go and the crowd gasps, but they catch and they grab hold of the next bar and they swing over to the other side. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Uh, and, and so working with God as he moves us from glory to glory is much like the, the, the trapeze. It's a it swing that we're on in life, and we're swinging on one bar, but God wants to take us to the next bar. The bar that we're on is good, and at times might have been great, but God has better for us, and we have to get from where we are to where, we're, where God wants us to be. It, but you know what? It is scary when you're hanging on to a bar. And you're way up in the air. And somehow they're trying to convince you to let go? Letting go of normal is difficult. Letting go of the way we've always done it. Letting go of what appears to be working is very difficult. But God is calling you to let go and grab a hold of something better. Better requires three things to happen at once. And Paul gives them to us. In Philippians 3, verse 13. Paul Paul, Paul gives us a great scripture here. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Now, this is really funny to me. Read this scripture. How many things does he tell us he he does? It's not a trick question. This one thing I do. (laughs) This one thing I do. And then he gives us a list. (laughs) One thing. Now, let me give you a list. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the, upward pri- for the prize of the upward call in, in Jesus Christ. This, is, this sounds like three things to me, Paul. This one thing I do, A, B, and C. His point is this. All three of these things must be working in sync as one together. So we go back to the trapeze. If you want to get from the bar you're on to the next bar, there are multiple things that have to be going on if you're going to grab hold. Here here they are. Number one, he says uh, that better requires forgetting. Better requires that we forget what lies behind. We have to, normal can dominate your thinking. For the Jews in Paul's day, in Jesus' day, the old glory, the old covenant, the the old law of Moses, everything that's in the Old Testament, that's what dominated their thinking. And Paul's saying to them, if you want to go to better, if you want to go to to where God has called you to go to, then I've got to tell you, you're going to have to let go of an old way of thinking and grab a hold of something new. When the Israelites were in the desert, and they have been walking around, and Moses has led them out of Egypt, but now they're in the desert for 40 years. You say, well, it was terrible in the desert. Well, not really. They had miraculous living going on in the desert. Here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that they had manna or a type of bread that would be on the ground every morning. They didn't go to the grocery store. They didn't wait for the nature's own truck to deliver it. They just walked out their front door, and there was bread laying there all you could eat for the whole day. Just gather it up. You, you want to have a big party? You need some extra hot dog buns? They're out there. And here's the deal. When they got tired of eating manna all the time, they said, Lord, we're tired of eating manna. God said, no problem. He started dropping quail from the sky. Every morning there was quail. So now they're having quail soup and, and quail sandwiches and, and, and quail touffe and all kinds of stuff. Quail gumbo, whatever you want to do it. And, and, they, and they were having all these great things. And this is provided for them every morning. They weren't hunting, they weren't worrying in the desert. Well, what did they drink? Man, they got to a place in the desert where there was nothing to drink. God caused water to come from a rock. Now, here we are. God has provided water to drink, quail to eat, manna to eat. Well, what about our clothes? The Bible says that their clothes nor their shoes didn't wear out for 40 years. Now, ladies, this is a problem for you because you got to go shopping. Like, I can't be wearing the same thing for 40 years. But men were like, you mean I can just wear this? (laughs) I don't ever have to go to the mall again? (laughs) I'm in for that one, right? 40 years. And yet Joshua says, we're going across the river and we're going to the promised land. And they're like... But it's good right here. Paul says, forgetting what lies behind. When you're on that swing and you're sitting on that bar, if you want to reach the next bar, if you want to grab a hold of the next swing, you can't be so focused about holding on to the swing you're sitting on. Old mindsets, old ways, old habits. God is calling you to something better. The first thing that better requires is better requires forgetting. The second thing is better requires reaching. He said, he said forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies behind. Your version may say Stretching. So imagine yourself on that swing. So I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to forget about this swing and I'm taking one hand off the bar and I'm going to start reaching out. I'm going to start stretching out to try to get a hold of something. It, it, it's that it's that reaching for what is next is that it is reaching for a new habit, a new way, a new idea. It, it's a, a new education, something new. And so we start reaching out, a new plan. You know what? At some point we got to start dreaming again. We, we can lose the, the habit of dreaming. We, we're so busy on the couch with our feet propped up and everything is comfortable that we stop dreaming. We stop planning. And God says, I want you to reach. Reach for what lies ahead. You may need some new habits that stretch you out. See, here's the thing. If you're on this swing and you let go of the seat you're on, but you don't reach forward to where you're going you're just gonna fall. I don't recommend that you let go of the normal, but not reach for something greater. We're just just in a free fall. I don't know if you've ever been on a rope swing. I loved rope swings when I was a kid. Got over the river, my grandparents used to have a, 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 a camp up on the, the Nature's River of outside of Sperger somewhere. I was a kid. I don't remember exactly where it was. But I remember there was this big, massive rope swing. And we would grab a hold of it. And we'd go up the hill. And we would jump on it. And we would swing. And we would forget what lies behind. And we would just let go and fly through the air and splash. But you know what? In life, that splash can hurt a lot worse than that did in that river. Reach forward to what is next. It's not just swinging out as far as you can, but it's about reaching to something greater. Here's my prayer for you in, life, in your life today. If there's an area in your life and you're stuck in normal, but you don't know where to go, my hope and prayer for you is that God begins to birth in you new dreams, new visions, new ideas, new ways, new, new opportunities, something to reach for. And then the third one is, is simply this. Better requires pressing Better requires pressing. When you look up that word in the, uh, the Greek, it means to run swiftly or to put to flight. Let's go back to our swing illustration here. Swinging, we're, we're, we're going back and forth. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You see them, they start getting their momentum built, and they're swinging. And he says, okay, I'm going to forget about this seat, and I'm going to reach to the other seat. But pressing is that moment where you get out in the air. It's that moment of release where you forget about what was behind you, when you forget about normal, and you stretch out and you say, I am out there, and there's no turning back. I'm either going to grab a hold of what's ahead or I'm going to fall flat on my face. But one way or the other, I am out in the air. I am running swiftly. I have left one place to get to another place. That's what the pressing is all about. It's about making the decision that I'm I'm doing this thing. I'm going for it. I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm reaching. But I'm not just reaching. I'm letting go and getting out in the air. I'm putting myself to flight i got to stretch, i got to start running, i got to leave the place I'm in. You know, you will never get from normal to better if you never leave normal. You will never get to the better life that Jesus is planning for you and desires from you if you never let go of normal. It's that moment of release. And you say, but Pastor Randon, I might fall. Yep. It's at that moment that faith kicks in. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what pleases God. Faith is what causes heaven to move in your life. It, you, you, there's no faith involved in forgetting what lies behind. There's no faith involved in reaching out to something new. The faith comes in when you push away from where you were and you're out there in the air reaching. You're saying, God, I need you now. If you want better, you've got to let go of good. If you get so comfortable living in a lesser glory and in the good be careful or God may just let you stay there and that's a tragedy you see remember this thing it's all about timing it's all about them working together as one the trapeze artist has to leave one seat and get to the other but but he can't go until he moves he can't just move any time he wants he has to move at the right time if you never let go you're just swinging if you wait too long you may miss your opportunity. You see, coming towards you is the other seat. You don't want to let go while that seat is too far away. There's a timing involved. As an opportunity is coming towards you and you're swinging towards that opportunity, will you let go? Will you get in time with God? You see, if you miss your opportunity, you'll be sitting here swinging. Talking about the things that God wants for you, talking about the dream He gave you, talking about the vision, talking about your plans, talking about your hopes, and you're swinging and you're watching those dreams. You're watching that better life move away from you. You're now going backwards. No, wait a second here. I thought God was about moving my life forward. He is. But, but we're on this trapeze, and we've got that bungee cord, remember, strapped to our back, and we start reaching, but if we don't let go at the right time and grab a hold, we start coming backwards, and you're like, wait a minute, I was supposed to be going there. It looks like this. I've fought this battle before. I've been here before. I thought I was past this. I thought I had outgrown this. I thought I had conquered this battle. You know, you know we, maybe with you and your spouse, you say, well, you know, we haven't fought about this in years. And suddenly you're moving backwards going, wait a minute here. But let me tell you the good news about God. In life, sometimes we're moving forward. and Sometimes we're going backwards. But if you stay connected with God, The backwards is simply God pulling you back and stretching things out so when you start coming forward, you come forward with a momentum that will shoot you out into your future. If you're in that place today and you say, Pastor Renner, I just feel like I'm going backwards. I feel like I fought this. I've been here like I had made a few steps forward, but now I'm going back. I want to encourage you today to know that God is getting ready to swing you, and sometimes you got to go back a little bit before you can go forward. He's about to launch you into a better life. He's about to launch you into a future. He's about to launch you into the hopes and dreams and the the things he, the things you thought about as a kid. When you said, when I grow up, I want to do this. When I grow up, I want to be that. When you first got married, you said, when I, I want our marriage to look like this. And since then it's been looking like a whole lot of going backwards. But God said, get ready. It's about to swing forward. And when it does, you get on time with God and you reach out. And you let go, forgetting what is behind you. You you reach towards the mark and you press on and you grab a hold of a better life that God has for you. There's one, one final note about that trapeze of life moving from glory to glory. And here it is. If you missed that opportunity, the good news about God. He's a God of second chances. You missed it. You said, Pastor Ren, and I was supposed to let go, and I didn't. I was supposed to do this, and I didn't. I was supposed to go there, and I didn't. I was supposed to say this. I was supposed to act that way, and I, and I just, I got comfortable. Maybe I got scared. Maybe I wasn't sure, because, man, it is hard to let go of the known and reach for the unknown. But I serve a God that loves you enough that he'll give you a second chance. You just keep holding on. There's opportunities coming your way. Don't miss this one. A couple of more scriptures and we're closing. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Jesus said you can have life and have it more abundantly. He wants to give you a better life, better than you ever dreamed of. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us, listen to this, a far better covenant, a far better way. And I love this. It's based on better promises. Whatever the old way was, God has better promises for you. If you you skip forward just a little, or back just a little bit, Hebrews chapter 7, he tells us that he is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God not only does, did Jesus come so that you could have it and give you an opportunity, but he guarantees if you'll turn to him, he'll give you, he'll guarantee you better is available in your life. Then finally, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9, dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. He's, te- he's talking about other things. Now he picks up right here. He says, for we are confident, that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. Here's what I want to say to you today, wherever you are, in every area of your life, you were meant for better things. Pastor Rand, it's, it's good, my life is good. It's wonderful. I'm happy for you. You were meant for better things. Pastor Rand, in my, my life, it seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. It's not working. It's failing time and time again. Don't worry about it. You were meant for better things. But it all starts in this place. Things that come with salvation. Jesus has better things for you. And he has guaranteed them. But they start with salvation. Look at our life. Maybe you're here today and you you realize, man, I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I used to be. Now I'm not. How, there are two questions that we have to ask ourselves: How did we get here? How, how did you get there? You're not you're not connected to Jesus. You're not friends with Jesus. You're not in relationship with Jesus. You're not living for Him today. You're not living in the better things that He's promised you. We have to say: How did you get there? Well, some of us just drifted. We got busy. Life got away from us. We looked up and we were far from God. We didn't mean to be. It's not that we don't love Jesus necessarily, we just drifted away. Maybe you followed the wrong person. Maybe there was someone in your life that you guys were doing life together and it was wonderful and you looked up and y'all had gotten away from God. Maybe you got here because you had a bad experience. Maybe you had a bad experience in the church. Maybe you had a bad experience with God, and now you're mad at God and mad at the church and want nothing to do with it because of something that happened to you. Maybe something else in your life hurt you altogether, and it's driven you away from God. Maybe you felt like you were left alone and God didn't love you, and, and, and God wasn't there when you needed Him, so you're angry and you're upset. Some situation that the devil used to get you stuck and to get you away from God. A bad experience. Or... Maybe if we were being honest, we would say, I got here because I made bad choices, something I did. Maybe you've dealt with the guilt and the shame of that, and you've not felt like you could come in here and lift your hands and worship God, and you could not come in here and open your Bible because you know what you did. Your life feels reckless. Maybe your choices have made you feel like you're wasting your life, your life is going nowhere. I don't know how you got to where you are today the second question is even more important how do we get out how do we get out well i think we should go back to the words of paul the first thing is we got to forget what lies behind this is repentance this is saying lord forgive me forgive me of my sins forgive me of my mistakes Forgive me of my problems. Forgive me of my mess-ups. Forgive me of my wrong choices. Forgive me. And it's about forgetting what lies behind. Because here's the thing. Jesus went to the cross and he already forgave you. All you have to do is ask. And when you, when he forgives you, he can never remember it again. So for you, for me, we cannot continue to remember our mistakes when God has already forgotten. Don't blame the world, repent. Number two, we reach forward to what lies ahead. Surrender your way for God's way. So first we repent, but then we surrender. You see, many people get to the point of repentance and they come to Jesus and they, Lord, forgive me of my sins, but they never go to the point of surrender where they make him Lord. And this is the next step because you can keep coming and asking for repentance and that's fine. Jesus will forgive you, but he also wants to be Lord in your life. And so we have to surrender. I'm Lord, I'm surrendering my ways to your ways. I, I'm stretching because I'm going to do it God's way. Have you stopped at repentance? Or do you need to reach forward and surrender to God? And then finally, we press on towards the goal. What is the goal? The goal is to let go of all that. And to grab a hold of a relationship with Jesus. That's really what he wants from you. The old way, there was no relationship. There was one man who had a connection with God and he went before the Lord for all of us. But now, once Jesus came, he wants to have a relationship with you. The Bible says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. He wants relationship with you go of your past mistakes, let go of your present problems, the old glory, the old way, and get a hold of better. I want to ask every person in the room to bow your heads, close your eyes with me for just a moment. You see, this is an individual question that no one can answer for you. Your parents can't answer for you. Your spouse can't answer for you. I can't answer for you. The person on your row cannot. It's just you. Have you fallen away from Jesus? Maybe you were led away. Maybe you drifted. Maybe you made bad choices, bad experience, but you need to come back to Him today. Did you get stuck at repentance and never made Him Lord? If you want to come back to Jesus today and get a fresh start, to have access to the better life, better life than you ever dreamed of, better promises, better covenant, all we've got to do today is I want to lead you through a simple prayer. If you would, if you want to be in that prayer, if you want to say that prayer with me, just slip your hand up really quickly. I want to pray with you. There are hands going up all over this room, from the front rows to the back rows. God has better for you today. All right, you can put your hands down if you're watching online. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody, if you would, everybody in the room, pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and this and dying for me. Forgive me of my sins. I repent, I give my life to you, be my Lord, I surrender to you, now Jesus, I want to be in relationship with you, be my friend, be the Lord of my life, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 that's it, it was that easy, it was that easy, can we clap our hands for just a moment? want to pray for you uh really quickly and and then our host is coming and to tell you about some exciting things that uh we have coming up at the conclusion of the service today these altars will be open and what that means is we'll have some of our pastors and elders that are here if there's an area in your life that you say pastor and i'm really struggling to let go of the past i need better it's not working but i need help God wants to help you. doesn't matter what that area is. doesn't matter what it is. God wants to help you. He cares about your life. Let us pray with you. All we're going to do is join hands with you. You don't have to give us your whole life story. Just give us a- enough words that we can have a direction to pray. and We'll pray with you. And I believe that God's going to move in your life. Join us for the rest of this series entitled Better. We're going to tackle more specific topics in our life and how we can reach the better life that God has for us. If you said that prayer with me, if you raised your hand. On this connection card, on the very back, it says, My decision today, I committed my life to Christ. I am renewing my commitment to Christ. If either one of those is you, if you would make sure that you uh, check that box before dropping in the offering plate, I would greatly appreciate that. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus, that we could have a better life than we ever dreamed of. That's your plan for us. That's your hope for us. That's your desire for us. So, dear God, today, I pray that you would inspire your people, that you would give us hope, that you would give us a a belief that we can reach everything that you've called for us to reach, Lord God. We don't have to get stuck in normal, but we can move on to greater and better things, better than we ever dreamed of. I thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.